This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe on WKKX and WVLY. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. Love to have you here as much as you can, but also know you can't spend all day long with us. That's okay. Uh, just tune in when the mood strikes you. Call in uh, when the mood strikes you as well. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline at 304-232-8255 or the text line 304-214-1600. Temperature rising a little bit here in the Ohio Valley. 45 now at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 44 degrees at the Highlands. 41 here at my home studios in Elm Grove. And what you at there, Bob, in the studio uh, downtown? We are at 42 degrees, Howard. 42, so. Uh, Big old 42. Everybody else moving up a little bit. But we're heading up to the low 50s today. That sounds good. We're going to see a round of showers continuing maybe this morning. Uh, skies will clear out later in the day. Kind of a mixture of stuff. We had fog earlier, sort of mixed bag day today. Working our way to Thursday, where we might see a spotty shower or drizzle, but we'll see temps in the 70s again. And uh, sunshine, so look for Thursday. That's the day to pretend like it's the summertime. And Howard, do I uh, it's, it's springtime. do I dare let the cat out of the bag? Uh, you know, we had a cat in the bag. Yeah, I got a couple here. I'll kick one out of the bag. Now, nothing official. We're just going by what Bob Slider has observed. They must have dumped Uh-oh. some. They must have dumped some trout into Big Wheeling Creek. Because I've been seeing, I've been seeing, uh, I've been seeing a couple cars there uh, at the uh, old way station there, where they give you tickets now. Uh, I, I think they do let you park there and go down to the creek and, and fish. But it looks to me, everybody out there that just sparked up, that the trout are here. So I'm assuming, and again, this is just on Bob Slatter. You, you could maybe go to a website and check it out. If they're in Big Wheeling Creek, then that means they're in Bear Rock, uh, possibly uh, Middle Creek, that type of thing. But uh, yeah, look for them; they're out there. So what you're saying is, A, we've got good weather coming. B, we have uh, pirates are going to be going to Florida, getting ready for spring training. And C, fishing is not far away. I'm saying get your poles, boys. The trout are in the water. Let's go to the fishing hole. That's the Andy Griffith theme song. I still can't remember the words, though. Let's go down to the fishing hole. You will grab your fishing pole. I can't remember the song. Anyways, all right, so... Yeah, you, Bob scared me. Uh, was it yesterday, Sunday? We're driving along all of a sudden. He's, he's scanning the, uh, the, the side of the road like an intent, you know, observer. Well, that's what's going on over there. Mm, I thought, oh, my God, what's he see? You know, is there a wild bear re- behind the bushes there? Is there Smokey the Bear behind the bushes there? <laughs> gonna ch- no, you said, I think there's, it looks like they stocked the, the, the creek, right? Or the, yeah, the creek, huh? That's right. And usually, you know, anybody that's out there that fishes, they're, they're, they're shaking their head in agreement. Usually when they throw trout in, it's horrible weather. You know, it's pouring down rain, or it's nice when they throw them in, but that night it rains, and now the, you can't fish because the water's too high, or the, or the lakes are frozen over. We don't have that this year, so jump out there. Let me go to the text line. A couple of things uh, from this morning. A couple of things actually left over from yesterday. Uh, I'll get to in a second here. We were talking early this morning about Bob still stuck on Pepsi. I'm on my second cup of coffee. You on your second bottle of Pepsi yet? I think he's grabbing Tom's criteria, so that's okay. Uh, but we were talking about Pepsi. Uh, Bob's still drinking Pepsi. needs to try and give that up. Uh, and he was talking, Bob was talking about the cost of, uh, of you know, he buys he drinks three, which usually means he has to buy four because it's generally two for a certain price. And so he ends up spending six bucks to buy his four Pepsis every morning. One of our listeners said um, maybe you should think about buying uh, by the case. Buy well, my, by my case, wife is screaming case. at the radio right now. She's saying, I do buy it by the case, and I can't keep up with him because he drinks even more at home. 
or I'll take that case or what's left in the case and I'll bring it here to the radio station. We have a nice refrigerator. I put it in there. So she said, I just got you a case of Bob. Where, where is it? Well, it's gone. There's, there's room in that refrigerator for other stuff? Well, I mean, they do keep their beer outside. You know, I got my, my two sons are, you know, <laughs> one's a college student, but he's home a lot. And uh, my other son's live, living there working out of downstairs. And, you know, they drink beer. Dad drinks Pepsi. That's, that's my, you know, one thing that, uh, that I like to drink. I don't drink a lot of beer. So uh, I drink no beer, Howard. We were talking uh, last hour, first, yeah, last hour, about um, the drink that we we had when we were kids. I loved RC Cola. Somebody says, remember, Howard, RC Cola and a moon pie. Yeah, those were good. RC Cola and a moon pie. I like that. Um, Bob, this is one. I I never heard of this. You might know this because we talked yesterday. You're our presidential historian, and this comes left over from yesterday. Howard, did you ever read about William Rice Archison? Does that name ring a bell with you? Well, I know he wasn't president, so I don't, I don't get it. What? Well, it, according to this, and this is our friend Alan from Neffs, who's a world traveler. Usually he's, he's a pretty smart guy. He says, William Rice Archerson, who was president of the United States for one day. I never heard of that. You got me, Alan from Neffs. I don't know. Hail to the chief. look that up, see what I can find. <laughs> Hail to the chief. And uh, there's something else I want to share with you before I went to the uh, Tom Scuteri. And I can't find it right now. If you want to text us, use the Frio Stack Auction Service text line, 304-214-1600, 304-214-1600. Give us a call if you'd like to, 304-232-8255. Tom Scuteri is with us. He's back from a uh, trip overseas with the SecDef. Uh, and uh, President Biden's also back from a trip overseas. Actually, I don't know if he's back yet or not. But uh, a surprise trip to Kiev. Uh, yesterday uh, in Ukraine, and we're going to talk about those things and more coming up next. All with our national correspondent and Pentagon reporter Tom Scuteri here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Hi, it's Hoppy Kirchival on the last talk line on Metro News. We took calls from you on what you think ought to be done about tax cuts in West Virginia. And I just can't see how that uh, we're paying too many taxes, too much in taxes. Uh, I think we ought to take some of that money, which I think most of it is gas revenues from gas gas and coal, gas sure. Yep. And, yeah, then we can take some of that and just put it in, a, in an account. Keep up on what's happening at West Virginia Talk Line weekdays at 10.06 on this Metro News Station. You want a hospital rising up to the challenges of today's health care demands. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital delivers the right care close to home. Developing new and exclusive services. Recruiting top surgeons. Featuring the highest level of orthopedic surgery. Improving healing rehab time and outcomes offering innovative heart care through our wvu heart and vascular institute establishing outstanding urology services with a highly experienced urologist and staff providing comprehensive world-class women's health services and equipping the wvu cancer institute at wheeling hospital with cutting-edge science for the highest standard of care we embody the mountaineer spirit building upon strong traditions Moving forward with compassion. WVU Medicine Wheeling Hospital. Delivering the right care at the right place at the right time. I'm Andrew Saul, Commissioner of Social Security. Beware of telephone scammers pretending to be government employees. Real Social Security employees will never threaten you. Call is threatening you with arrest or other legal action and demanding money are not from us. If you receive a call like this, hang up, do not provide them with any form of payment or information. Report the call at oig.ssa.gov. Don't just listen, be part of all of our shows. Use the Frio Stack Auction Service hotline. Call or text us at 304-214-1600. The Frio Stack Auction Service hotline, your direct connection. To the Watchdog. Great conversation continues now on the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine.
from a, uh, a trip of the Secretary of Defense overseas. Yep. And then uh, yesterday we had uh, President Biden was in Kiev. Did you get it, with, uh, Tom, when you guys were um, uh, on, with the SECDEF, any indication that, that a trip like this one to Kiev was being planned? They, they kept it pretty close to the vest, but did you have any... Any you know little little slips up there? Anybody say something that gave you an indication something could be in the works? They did, but before I get to that, Howard, I want you to I'm going to stun you guys because I am your okay. David Rice Atkinson scholar. Actually, all right. Actually, oh, yeah. I actually know about this because I was a hist- I am a history nerd and always have been. And somehow, when I was in high school, okay, I was looking, I was doing something on the presidents of the United States, and I realized that uh, Polk, who was president, went out of office on the 3rd of March. This is when they had the March changeover. It's not like now. And because the date of the um, the next was a Sunday, in other words, it was a Sabbath day, uh, the incoming president, uh, you know, didn't want to be sworn in on Sunday. And so, therefore, there technically was no, in a sense, president of the United States. So because uh, Atchison was Senate pro tem of the Senate, he was, and there was no vice president, he was the next in line to be president. So he was the acting chief executive. Now, he never was sworn into office. So technically, you know, he was never president. And he, he used to joke, uh, you, know, it, it, you know, he used to joke about it, being president for the day, uh, you know. And on his tombstone, he's buried in Missouri. He's from Missouri. He was a sem- senator from Missouri. His grave marker says "President of the United States for one day." <laughs> so, so, so yeah, now, total he, news. But he, he didn't. He didn't get a number. He wasn't there long enough to get a number. He wasn't number no. forty-eight or anything, right? He, he no, got no, no number because he never was sworn in. And te- he liked to joke. He used to joke. Apparently, I wasn't there to hear this, obviously. And he goes, "I'm the only president <laughs> that slept through his entire term." You know. <laughs> but uh, the other thing I found out, which will just because it's trivia, and I'll get to the important stuff in a minute, was. You know, we think of George okay. Washington as the first, and we think of George Washington as first president of the United States. Of course, he, he he was, but before he was president, remember this country was independent. He was president under the Constitution, and we were governed by the Articles of Confederation. And so, the chief executive of of the Congress was essentially uh, in the role of the president, what we know as president of the United States. It was different. So. You know, the first there were these chief executives before Washington who were essentially the leaders of the United States. With that, John Hanson was the first one, and there was others. But John, you know, I I, I, I find this stuff is very interesting. These things, you know, how they happen. Bob, you're my presidential historian. How come you didn't know all this stuff? Not anymore. It's Tom. That's who it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Tom. Thank you very much. No, this is this is fascinating stuff. We we spent most of the day yesterday doing presidential trivia, and none of this stuff came up. So next week, next year, Bob, we'll have more trivia to talk about. Right? We can test the audience if they remember who who the one day president was. We, I hope to be here, Howard, <laughs> and we and, and we will. We'll, we'll we'll remind them. See, it sounds like a game show, doesn't it? President for a day. It's <laughs> it's, appreciate your help on. I mean, seriously, that uh, that total news to me. And, Bob, apparently Alan from Neffs was right. And he usually is. So, again, thanks, Alan, and thanks, Tom. Yeah. All right. Very good, Tom. All right. And that's I – will, I will say that is important, but let us continue with other important stuff, which is the president's visit and also your trip overseas. And I'll repeat mm-hmm. the question. Did you did you have any, have any indication that he was going to be taking this uh, surreptitious trip into the Ukraine? We did, and uh, it, it was it was a heavy it was a heavy like dew like a Carolina morning. Uh, it was it was really obvious to many of us on the trip that something was happening, and we had heard this before. As soon as Biden announced he was going to Poland, um, the speculation took off because obviously Poland borders on Ukraine, and, and the train uh, that goes to Kiev, the other dignitaries, other you know, President Macron. Prime Minister, you know, Johnson, when he was there in the U.K. and others, they left from Poland on the train. So, you know, the, where Biden was going to appear in Poland was very close to that. There was a lot of troops there. Uh, there was sort of an uptick in activity, noticeable to uh, those who know what to listen for. And I'm not saying it was a slam dunk that I knew this, 
but did, you know, I, I kept people kept saying to me, "Do you think Biden will go to Ukraine?" And I said, "If if I was going to bet on, I'd bet yes." And um, he did. And you know, it's a very interesting trip. He didn't take Air Force One. He left the day earlier than he was supposed to. He didn't. Do you know the? If I don't want to bore you with these details, if you know this, but but he left. No, no. I, actually, I, was, I wanted to ask. I wanted to ask you for the details because I'm curious. The secrecy, and let's talk about that, yeah. and the security. I mean, the Ukraine is not under um, U.S. air control. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, so security just, had to have been a real, real antsy thing, I would think. But you know more about this than I do. You're the international correspondent. I want to hear the details. You're, you're absolutely correct on this. You know, when President, like when President Trump went to Afghanistan, President Obama and others who go to visit our, our troops in war zones, those are almost always – there are always areas where the U.S. military is there. They have security, and they control the airspace, as you point out. None of this existed in Ukraine. There are no U.S. troops in Ukraine that they tell us, except for the small U.S. Marine detachment at the embassy. I think two military personnel accompanied Biden, certainly one did, carrying the nuclear football. You know what that is, of course. That's the thing that launches the code. And probably a military mm-hmm. doctor. Uh, but no, you know, just – we don't have any planes. And now there were planes, there were AWACS and U.S. fighters in Poland the whole time, you know, monitoring the situation. The United States did tip off Russia that Biden was going in on the train. They told them for deconfliction. I find that the interesting. I, I, I find that really interesting, Tom, that they, I mean, I, I get it, uh, don't want to yeah. suddenly have a, a well, mistake yeah. of some kind. But I found it interesting they alerted Putin ahead of time. Well, I don't know if they learned Putin, but they learned the Russians, let's put it that way. I don't know. I, I'm not quite sure how that works. Uh, you know, okay. the, mil- the, Pentagon has a, the Pentagon has a deconfliction line with Russia, uh, you know, what you and I used to call a hotline. Um, but I think yeah. this might have been a State Department call to the, you know, Lavrov's office. But, you know, but Putin would know, obviously. They would not, not tell Putin, let's, let's put it that way. But, you know, that's one of those things you do because – you don't want there to be an accidental, uh, you know, take out of the train or intense shelling of Kiev when Biden's there. Uh, and I think the Russians are smart enough to know to, to avoid that. So that's good. So anyway, you know, he left He left a day early, Biden. He left in the middle of the night, no motorcade from the White House to Andrews. He didn't fly what on the plane that we know of as Air Force One. Uh, he, uh, he flew on a modified plane, a smaller plane. And it went by the code word CAM 060, means special air mission, okay, as opposed to Air Force mm-hmm. One. Because whatever plane you're not, the president's on, it doesn't have to be the plane. He could be on yeah, a. Wherever he is, it's Air Force One, technically. Correct, right. correct. You know, on a cargo plane, whatever. So it, it, it left from Andrews, you know, but it, it was down there and it refueled in Germany. And then it shut off its transponder, which is the device that, you know, you and I could follow. It's for the hour flight from Germany to the Polish border. And then he boarded the train for a 10-hour trip, overnight trip to Kiev, 10 hours, one way. And it's kind of the joke here because, you know, when Biden was a senator, he used to go home to Delaware every day on the Amtrak train. <laughs> Amtrak Joe. And, yeah. Yeah, Amtrak Joe, right? And people say, well, he's probably probably on Amtrak. He had a 10-hour drive on a flight train right anyway, you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, he, he arrived there, you know, Monday morning, 8, 8 a.m. yesterday, you know, Kiev time. And, you know, he went in the motorcade. They didn't, they didn't, no one in I mean, obviously, when people in Kiev saw a motorcade going through, they got suspicious. But two reporters went with them uh, on this leg, and uh, they had to turn over all their uh, recording equipment, phones, et cetera, to the White House people. And uh, they knew where he was going, obviously. And they weren't allowed to report until he was back in Poland. And, uh, you know, it's uh, you know it was uh, – let me see. I, I got to read out. Sullivan went, you know, obviously – uh, his um, Secret Service detail did go, but again, they're not—they're civilians. They're not—you uh, know—they're not, you know, they're not um, military. So mm-hmm. there you go. You know, this is the first time a president has gone to a conflict zone, as you pointed out, where the United States or its allies did not have control over the airspace. Well, there's clearly a statement that was being made by that, obviously. Uh, which I guess essentially means that even though we're not here, we, the United States, we are with you. I assume that's the statement the president was making. Yeah. So it, it was a very symbolic, very uh, important statement being made. Was there any value to this other than that? Were there, 
I think he met with President Zelensky. Did they have did. any serious conversations? Any? Do we know what happened there? Are we looking at now sending more whatever? I mean, what? What? Yeah. Other than the symbolism, what came from this? Well, he did announce this, another aid package, another military aid package to Ukraine. By relative standards, it's a little bit smaller. I mean, not to you or I. You know, it's uh, it's about. Let me get the number here. It's about three hundred and fifty million, I think, uh, in aid. Yeah, four hundred sixty. Excuse me. And it's a lot of ammunition and and material like that. So he announced that they're with Zelensky, and he met with others, of course. And they took a walk around Kiev, and so people saw him there. Listen. Um, to have the president of the United States show up in Kiev for the Ukrainians is a big deal, you know, and symbolically in honor, you know, the year anniversary one year is this week on Friday. He's now, he Biden's back in Poland, of course, and he's making a speech maybe now or, or soon. Putin already made his speech about two hours ago. Um, so, you know, it, it's, a, it's a great symbolic thing, um, but there's a lot of work to be done. And I'll segue in a moment to my trip and other things of why I say that. But I I think it's a really impressive thing that this was kept quiet. Uh, One of the details I like from one of the reporters who filed it, I'll share it with you. You They they sealed off the streets in Kiev, obviously, so, you know, they can walk around and not be worried about motorcades. And the reporter said it was so quiet uh, that when Biden and Zelensky were walking to the St. Michael's Cathedral, it was so quiet you could hear the crows. Which um, and people in Kiev were saying we haven't heard the birds for for so long, you know, <laughs> because of traffic. Wow. I mean, just kind of you know, very nice weather. And, you know, let's walk in and, and take a look. Biden said, you know, they went inside the cathedral and there were air raid alarms that went off, you know, and stuff like that. Um, you know, but it was just it's just kind of an interesting. It was just very interesting. And you know, Biden. That's how he is. You know, a lot of people don't like Biden, and I get that. But having covered him, and he's always been like this. He's going to do something, he's going to do it. And I think his age, actually, when you get older like we are, and Biden's older than you and I, you kind of say, hey, uh, this is what I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I saw some uh, speculation in some of the stories I read. Were his military advisors and or Secret Service in tune with this, or did he have to say, I don't care what you guys want to say, I'm going to go anyway? And I didn't hear a response to that in any of the stories I read, but I'm sure that it had to be at least a lot of red flags raised by by the people who protect him by saying, Mr. President, are you sure? I, I would assume that had to be the case. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's, that doesn't mean they oppose the trip. They're doing their jobs. I mean, folks at the Pentagon, for example, uh, you know, they, they work on these logistics, and they, 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 they hate these kind of trips. You know, because they're out of the loop, essentially, once he crosses the border. You know, there's no U.S. military, as we've said a couple times now. They are in, you know, panic mode, in, not in the sense that they fret every second, as every, a lot of other people do. But, you know, when you look at the risks involved, and the key, again, is going back to what we said earlier in the show, you know, you let the Russians know you've got to have a certain amount of trust in the Russians. You're not going to – the danger is less the Russians know, unless the Russians or anybody wants to do something. And then if they want to do something, that's a whole different equation any, anyway. You know, think about it. Right. If he's on the train and that train gets hit by a, a Russian missile or a Russian fighter decides to take it out as part of their normal attacks on Ukraine, not knowing Biden's in that train, even though it's a special train. Uh, think of what would happen you know, after that. So there's a lot yeah, of let's it, not. but you know, let's not think about it. Right, yeah. But there's a lot of risk, so um, and it worked. <laughs> it's always nice when it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's always nice when it actually works. It, I, I want to stress again, then I want to get to your trip, but I, I just want to po- say again, so everybody gets this, this is not the same situation as when most American presidents, Democrat or Republican, go into a war zone where we have troops fighting, uh, and and supports the troops, the people who you know, uh, Trump going over for Thanksgiving or you know whatever. This is not the same thing. This is a a war zone that we have no control over. We have no troops there. We have no uh, air security there. We're in we're in we're in foreign territory. And here's yeah. the president of the United States walking boldly through the town. Uh, that, that we don't even have troops around. I mean that's. 
That's an amazing thing. But you've got to stop and think about it because it's too easy to let this fall into the same image as, again, Trump or Obama or Clinton or, or Bush or anybody else going to visit troops in our own war zone. This is a really different thing. Yeah, exactly. But, and it's, and it's all, let's not forget that other leaders of other countries have done the same thing, including and other members of our Congress and, you know, Speaker Pelosi, for example, and Republican and Democratic members of Congress have gone as well. And they do the same route. They take the train in, and, and they have, you know, less fanfare. But still, it's not, it's not just, you know, an easy trip. <laughs> that means a lot to the people in well, the train. You were you were doing some traveling. We were together yes. last week because you were traveling overseas. You went to SecDef. Um, where'd you go? What'd you do? What'd you learn? Mm-hmm. My trip was a lot easier. <laughs> I did leave from Andrews Air Force Base, <laughs> and we flew out on the plane, which is affectionately known as the Doomsday Plane. Um, that's the plane oh, where should there be a good to nuclear. Be <laughs> well, it actually is because, in theory, you know, if something happens, you're with the Secretary of Defense, and that plane is not supposed to be able to be taken down by. Electromagnetic pulse or anything like that, but it's very interesting. We went to Brussels, where there was a meeting of the Ukraine contact group and then a NATO defense ministers meeting. And then Secretary Austin went on to Tallinn, Estonia, one of the three Baltic nations that have been in the front line and fiercely arguing that we need to beat Russia and not just you know keep the war going. And then he stopped on the way back on Friday from Estonia on his way back here to D.C. in Germany at the location where they are training the Ukrainian, where the U.S. forces are training Ukrainian forces. So that was very interesting to see. The first class is uh, in being trained on um, Paladins, which is a movable howitzer artillery, and um, the uh, the uh, Abrams, uh, not the Abrams, excuse me, the Bradley fighting vehicles are there. They're essentially completing that training, and the next group is coming in, or they came in over the weekend. It was a very, very interesting trip. Uh, NATO was, you know, meetings were great. I, one thing about the good thing about the NATO meetings is it gives reporters like myself the opportunity to sort of mill around and talk to people from other countries to get a wider perspective on how they think, in this case, the war is going and what should be done. And the Estonians were just—I I have this experience with all the Baltic defense folks—is they are they are outspoken. And they, the Estonian, I did an interview with the one guy from the defense office who I had been playing tag with long distance, and I met him there, he says, Putin's winning the war. I mean, you never hear that coming out from the Pentagon. No, <laughs> you know, so yeah. you get a different perspective entirely. So it, it was a it was a marvelous trip. And I, I, I never, on a personal note, I had never been to Brussels, and the weather was very nice. We were there for three, three nights, which is unusual on a trip like this because there were so many meetings. And so I got to see a place in Europe that I had never been. So from a personal perspective, it was a good work trip, and I got a couple nice meals. <laughs> <laughs> Can't beat that. Can't beat that. No. Uh, all right, real quick, you, you alluded you alluded to this a minute ago. Yeah. We are hitting the we are at the one year anniversary of the invasion. Yeah. Where are we? Where are we? Yeah, well, the president was there, he says we stand with Ukraine. I'm sure, you know, he was giving a very positive but like, where are we? Where where are we a year later? If you talk to the Estonians, which I'll talk about again, they think that Putin's winning because he likes wars of attrition. He'll hang in there, and he'll hang in there, and he'll hang in there, hoping that the other side gets tired or just stops. And they point to Ukraine before with Crimea, South Georgia, et cetera. Uh, just yesterday, sort of on this one-year anniversary week, the foreign minister uh, of Lithuania basically said the same thing. It's, it's great. We're giving Ukraine support. We're keeping them in the game. He didn't use those words. But what's our plan to win? You know, what's our plan for victory? And I think that's the where we game? are now, Howard. Yeah, what's the end game? I think that's where we are now, where people are starting to say, oh, great, we kept Ukraine alive, Putin didn't take it over, they're getting stronger, the, you know, like you just said, the troops are being trained, more more weapons are going in. That's all important and all good. We're starting to get some financial aid together for Ukraine, that's good. But what's the end game? You put it very well. And no one's able to answer that question, and I think that's the question that needs to be answered. Well, one year in, we'll continue to have the reporting from you. I appreciate it, Tom. Thanks a lot. I'm glad you had a safe trip. And uh, uh, you flying? Any, you, you doing any more traveling before we get together again? Or are you, are you have you decided to become an international correspondent once again? No, that was fun. You know, I got to tell you quickly. It's nice traveling with the Secretary of Defense. You don't have to worry about customs. 
You know, you get a motorcade from the airport to your hotel. That's all very nice. Uh, it spoils you. So I think I'll just wait. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Tom, appreciate uh, the info. Good reporting today, as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks a lot. Thanks. Bye-bye. All right, Tom Scateri from the, uh, well, our Pentagon reporter and international correspondent here, uh, just back from a trip with the Secretary of Defense overseas and, of course, uh, reporting on uh, Biden's trip to uh, uh, to Kiev as well. Bob, like I said uh, at the end of that, you know, you got to stop and think. This is not the same thing as going into our war zone where we have troops who can protect. We have planes and all sorts of military, you know, security. It's going into, a, literally, into a, into a no-man's land. Kind of like one of those uh, strategies where you're you're hiding in plain sight. You know, you don't make a big deal out yeah. of it where people just don't notice you, really. Right, exactly. I mean, it, broad daylight yesterday, he's walking through the middle of town. And I get we, we we let the Russians know that this was going to happen because you didn't want them to be, I won't say by mistake, not that. You didn't want them to decide that, well, you know, uh, Monday's the day we should do some bombing in Kiev again. You didn't want that if the president's there. At least we hope you don't. Conversely, if if it hit Putin the wrong way, it could be the day he says, why don't we go hit Kiev while the president is there? Dangerous stuff. Dangerous stuff. But um, I, I think it, made a, it certainly made a powerful statement. For those of us who believe that it's important to support Ukraine, it certainly made a powerful statement. Uh, 8.40, till the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Uh, coming up in a minute or two, we'll do a little East Palestine update. We've got Aaron Brockovich coming to town up in East Palestine. We'll also have uh, Donald Trump, God help us, coming to East Palestine. Uh, and a few little updates uh, from there. Uh, that's just part of what's straight ahead here on the Watchdog Morning Show. But first, we have some news. We have some sports. We have some other odds and ends for you right now. Trey Mitchell establishes a new Mountaineer high, and Eric Stevenson hits five threes as West Virginia whacks the Cowboys of Oklahoma State. Hi, everybody. I'm Tony Caridi. That story and more coming up on today's Mountaineer Report brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. With the Kroger app, shopping online with pickup and delivery is the same as shopping in-store. Same low prices, same personalized deals, same rewards on the same high-quality items like Honeycrisp apples and pasta sauce with no hidden fees or markups. It's one small click for groceries, one big win for busy families everywhere. Start your cart today at Kroger.com. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Restrictions apply. See site for details. At Kroger, you can find the highest quality products at a great price in every aisle every day with Kroger brand. So you can stock up on your household favorites that are tried, tested, and loved by you. Because when you get the products you love at great prices, it feels like winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. It was exactly what the Mountaineers needed. West Virginia reeling after last Saturday's loss to Texas Tech came out early and rolled over the Cowboys of Oklahoma State, winning by a final score of 85-67. WVU led at halftime by 19 points and played even with the Cowboys in the second half. WVU shooting the ball well. The Mountaineers finished the game at 44% from the field and hit seven three-pointers, giving them 42% accuracy from behind the line. Free throw shooting, very good, where West Virginia made 20 out of 25. Individually, Eric Stevenson was back to his scoring as he scored a game-high 23 points. That included five out of six from three-point range. Stevenson also had five rebounds and a couple of steals. Trey Mitchell established a new season high, scoring 22 points, which included six out of seven shooting from the free-throw line. He also had three rebounds. The other double-figure score for WVU Kedrian Johnson, who finished up with 12 points. West Virginia dominated when it came to points off of turnovers. West Virginia outscoring the Cowboys 28-4 off of turnovers. The WVU defense forcing Oklahoma State into 18 giveaways. You add it all up and the Mountaineers win it. 85-67. Next up for the Mountaineers, Saturday afternoon in Lawrence, Kansas against the Jayhawks. 
That is today's Mountaineer Report, brought to us by Kroger, the official grocer of WVU Athletics. I'm Tony Caridi on the Mountaineer Sports Network from Learfield. Most of us are faced with uncertainty every day. Your job, your finances, sporting events, schooling for your children, and so much more. With so much uncertainty surrounding you, there is one auto dealership that you can be certain about, and that's Doan Ford. You can be certain that you always get a great deal and the best service afterwards. Being in business for over 50 years has given Doan Ford the reputation of being a strong, reliable dealership. Be certain. Choose Doan Ford. Online at DoanFord.com. I'm not buying till I check Doan Ford. Hi, it's Hoppy Kirchival on the last talk line on Metro News. We took calls from you on what you think ought to be done about tax cuts in West Virginia. And I just can't see how that uh, we're paying too many taxes, too much in taxes. Uh, I think we ought to take some of that money. Which I think most of it is gas revenues from gas. Gas and coal, gas sure. Yeah. Yeah, then we can take some of that and just put it in, a, in an account. Keep up on what's happening at West Virginia Talk Line weekdays at 10.06 on this Metro News Station. Broadcasting from the Ohio Valley, talking about the Ohio Valley. We're live and local. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Slider is here. Uh, you are there, and you are welcome to be part of our program. You can call us. We'd love to talk to you. 304-232-8255. Happy to have you on the phone line. Share your uh, thoughts with us on anything from uh, Pepsi to uh, the Ukraine. We've, we've covered the field pretty much uh, here this morning. We have a lot more to get to. Next hour, uh, Flu Who is going to be here. Uh, Delegate Sean Fluharty is going to be along to talk with us about some of the things pending down in Charleston. We're into crossover week. We're winding down the legislature. Things have got to be moving along pretty quickly. Uh, we'll talk about the tax cut. Is it ever going to get done? Is that income tax cut going to make it way, its way through the legislature to one, in one form or another? I'm beginning to think the answer is no, but I don't know what Sean thinks. We'll get his take on that. Uh, several other issues that are pending in the Charleston right now, including today the campus carry bill will uh, be dealt with at the uh, in the House. So we'll talk about that. I uh, always like to keep you up to speed on what's happening in uh, East Palestine, just up the river from us, where that horrible train derailment went and a near-ecological disaster did occur. Uh, Aaron Brockovich, Bob, you said, you were the one who earlier this week said we got to call Aaron Brockovich, right? Let's yeah, I was kind of kidding, but, uh, yeah, hey, they weren't kidding around. They weren't kidding around. Aaron Brockovich, she was supposed to hold a uh, – uh, a gathering to, uh, Thursday, but yesterday she sat on a note saying that she's moving the date uh, of her visit to East Palestine by one day. She'll be in East Palestine on Friday. She said, and I quote, uh, the circus is coming to town and we want to steer clear. That By that she means uh, there's going to be a, a town hall meeting. Donald Trump is apparently coming, and I guess she just wants to get out of all that uh, media press gl glitter and glitz about that and start dealing with real issues. So Aaron Brockovich uh, will be in East Palestine uh, 6 p.m. on Friday. She tweeted out she plans to work with the victims of the train derailment so they can, quote, get justice, know their legal rights, and hold the railroad accountable. She didn't say anything about money? Norfolk Southern. Yeah, well, <laughs> hold the railroad accountable. I think that's pretty much I, – I, I think the – you're accountable by dollars and cents, wouldn't you think? 
Well, and when Especially you, if Aaron Brockovich is the one, if she's the one coming to take care of things. And I don't know why I think like this, Howard, but if I'm a local attorney up there, you know, thinking, okay, there's going to be a lot of business, and now she blows into town because, all right, everybody that saw that movie is going to want to do business with her or, or thinking that way, or at least, I don't know, am I putting too much into this? Well, I think that's true, but I, I would because she has background in environmental issues. She hey, Aaron, deal where, with these where do I problems. sign up? Yeah, I mean, I, that's that's true. She will probably, I, I don't want to speculate, I shouldn't say this. But my sense of it is what she would do is use local attorneys to help her in, she'll be the lead attorney, but she'll have local attorneys uh, as part of that group as well, and then too we get a share of the action. I, we'll find out on Friday, I guess, what she has in mind. Um, she wants them to get justice, know their legal rights, and hold the railroad accountable. At least I have an idea of what she's going to do. I have no, what is Donald Trump going to do there? I, I don't. I don't know what the point of Trump, other than to he's turning up votes. Points. Yeah, he's trying to get people to yeah, uh, exactly. see, think that he's concerned. Or maybe I don't know. Maybe he is yeah, concerned. Trump posted on Truth Social that he was planning to make the trip. He said, "Quote: Great people need help now." I agree, and I also agree that there's been a lot of mishandling of this by the government. Ohio state government, by the federal government. There are a lot of questions out there that need to be answered. I'm not alibying away the Biden government at, uh, administration at all. Uh, but what's Trump going to do? I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand it. Again, I do understand it. He's, he's there to get, uh, get political points. Uh, if our leaders are too afraid to actually lead, says Donald Trump, real leaders will step up and fill the void. But again, what are you going to do? I hope he. Rally? I hope he uh, keeps on talking when the governor uh, speaks, Howard. So they handcuff him and take him out. He's just a private citizen, right? <laughs> that's a good. That's right. Like they did the reporter. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know, Dewine said to the reporter when the reporter was arrested, "Oh, I, I, I didn't like that. That you know, he should be allowed to speak." Dewine, if it happened with Trump, he might go, "Yeah, get the guy with the funny thing on his head. Go ahead, get him. Go, go ahead, and take, take him out." Um. I, I, listen, I'm not a, I'm not a Trump fan. I don't know if you knew that or not, Bob, but I'm not a Trump yeah, fan. Yeah, I kind of thought that, Howard. Okay. So I, I have a built-in bias, obviously. But it's a legitimate question. What is it he thinks he's going to do? What, I mean, he's not the president. He has no authority of any kind. What is it he thinks he's going to do? Can I come? Showing up and getting people all riled up. Can I come back Aaron at Rockovich is an attorney who can take their cases, at least. Can I come back at you just a little bit? Sure, absolutely. Well, I mean, for, for a couple a day and a half, we praised Jimmy Carter for the same thing, an ex-president sticking his nose in, thinking about people. You know, I'm not saying that's what Trump's doing. I think that's what he wants you to believe, Howard, but it's the same thing. A former president, you know, the, the difference is, yeah, I, I can hear you, Jimmy Carter isn't thinking about running for re-election, but he is a former president, so I think you have to respect that. Yeah, I, I, you know, Jimmy Carter picked up a hammer and nail and did things. You said, let me, let me say this, if, if Donald Trump, he won't, but if Donald, Donald Trump could surprise me, he could show up and I don't know what they're doing, sandbagging the river, you know, digging ditches to try and keep, the, I, I, I don't know. If he were to show up and actually do something other than just hold a rally, I, okay, that's fine. I, I don't think that, I mean, I get your point. They're both ex-presidents. Um, and Jimmy Carter, to the best of my knowledge, and I could easily be proven wrong. Somebody can text me and tell me where I'm wrong, and you will if I'm wrong. I don't know that he got his got involved in these kinds of things. He didn't show up and say, the government's not doing their job. I'm here to help. I, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. And I'm serious. If somebody can tell me what Trump can do, other than just hold a rally and make political points, and, and let, me, let, me not, let me try not to be so nasty about it. Not make political points. What can he do other than show up and be seen? I, I don't know. Is that enough? What is that? What, what you know? Is Donald Trump criticizing Pete Buttigieg, which he will probably do because everybody has been in this? Is that helpful? I don't know. Maybe it is. I don't know. Again, at least Aaron Brockovich comes with the idea of uh, you know doing doing something uh, as opposed to just, just saying something. But again, in both cases, we'll see. Uh, Trump, what did I say, Wednesday? Is that what he's talking about, tomorrow? Planning to make the trip. Yeah, he'll be there Wednesday. So that will be delightful. I wonder if uh, Rebecca Kiger is going to be there when Trump is there. I'd love to get her to give us an update on that. Rebecca, the local teacher photographer who was with us yesterday after having spent some time in East Palestine. And I think she was there again yesterday, if I remember checking out her Facebook page.
Um, all right, so that's the uh, East Palestine update. Bob, we still have to pick our themes. We still have to pick, we still have to pick our train song to use the theme song for that. We've got to work on that, maybe. Uh, we had a lot of suggestions. Now we get to pick one. Eight before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. How much could a cyber attack cost your business? The costs stemming from a cyber attack can vary tremendously, but are extremely significant. Recent studies have shown that the average cost of a data breach to small business can range from $120,000 to $1.2 million. In addition to financial loss, companies also suffer downtime, lost opportunities, and data recovery expenses that can all quickly add up. Could your organization survive a cyber incident? If you are unsure if you are doing enough to protect your data, reputation, and dollars from cyber criminals, contact the team at Omni Strategic Technologies today. Omni has the right tools and support to help keep your business protected. Call 304-242-7600 and schedule your free consultation today or visit omniperforms.com. Omni Strategic Technologies, the only cybersecurity and advisory firm that the watchdog trusts. Need a new suit? Looking for a good book? Searching for a unique gift? The Ohio Valley's premier shopping choice is the Highlands. Find jewelry, hot new tech, arts and crafts, over two dozen stores to visit. From Walmart and Target to Cabela's, Menards, Kohl's, and Old Navy. Plan a day out of shopping, dining, and entertainment at the Highlands. At the top of the hill off I-70. See it all online at hitthehighlands.com. In a perfect world, there would be no accidents or injuries ever. No bad situations. Cross law. In a perfect world, insurance companies would never refuse payment for your legitimate claims. Cross law. In the real world, there's attorney David F. Cross of Cross Law. David F. Cross has been practicing for over 25 years on Charles Street in Wellsburg. 737-4185. You're not just another client at Cross Law. You're considered part of the family. As David always says, at Cross Law, we take your case personally. Sportsback Radio is on all night long. Tune in to get up to the minute sports coverage on FM 98.1, AM 1600. We are the Watchdog. He has his say. You can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe. Brought to you by WVU Medicine. before the hour here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Um, I have a correction. Then, Bob, you said you had an update from a caller. Uh, and it is – I, I misspoke, and I, I realize I misspoke. Erin Brockovich is not an attorney. She has an attorney she works with, and there will be a prominent attorney with her. Uh, she is the, the gatherer of information, the researcher, uh, obviously the public figure that draws people to it. And if you remember, the, for those of you who saw the movie, Erin Brockovich with Julia Roberts in it, uh, she is not an attorney, so I, I do want to sit corrected on that. She is not an attorney, uh, but but she will be working with attorneys. And that was, I guess, part of what I was suggesting, Bob, is she'll probably have to be working with local attorneys as well as others because I have a feeling whatever comes out of East Palestine is going to be a, a big, big uh, lawsuit. You had a caller with an update on information, too. Really nice, sweet lady uh, called in, and uh, she she told me to check on this, and I haven't had chance, so before I get jumped on that, that's okay. Maybe maybe this isn't 100%, but she was a little bit of speculation why uh, Donald Trump wanted to, to go to the crash scene, 
and and she uh, shared with me that it was during his administration that some of those uh, laws were laxed on the railroad and, and, and the cargo that they, they carried, Howard. And, uh, you know, she kind of thought that maybe, I know you're not going to go this way, maybe had a little bit of a guilty conscience or maybe, you know, felt responsible because it, the changes were made under uh, his administration. She is absolutely correct. There were, I think, there were breaking laws. But anyways, some, several laws involving hazardous trains that were loosened under Trump's administration. She's absolutely right. Uh, and maybe you're right or she's right, whoever suggested maybe he's got a guilty conscience. That is hard for me to imagine, but maybe maybe he does. Uh, I would think he might want to, for the, for the exact same reason that, that your caller said, I would think he might want to stay away. don't want people being reminded that, hey, I, I, I lessened the rules that could have let this happen. But she is correct, whoever she was. Thank you for calling us on the Frio Stack Auction Service Hotline. She's absolutely correct. Donald Trump did loosen some rules that – Maybe could have uh, prevented this. Maybe um, so. She's she's right on target with that. We'll see what he has to say. I, it'd be interesting. That'd be tomorrow, and then Brockovich on Friday. Lots going on in East Palestine. I said before, Bob, this is a story that's going to be around with us for a long time. Um, and I, I'm talking about around with us like a news story. And I'm afraid the the problems are going to be around with us for a long time too. I, this is a serious serious issue. All right, it's almost 9 o'clock. Coming up next hour, Flu Hardy is with us. I want to talk about pepperoni rolls and other forms of favorite food in West Virginia uh, and um, a few other odds and ends as the morning moves on. Just about 9 o'clock here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We are looking for a uh, kind of a wet morning, but uh, it's we'll see some sunshine during the day as well. Not going to be a totally wet day today. Uh, working our way to and we'll be up into the 50s today. Working our way towards Thursday. When we're going to see 70s again with another beautiful springtime day. Probably a little bit of rain on Thursday in the morning. But other than that, again, blue sky, sunshine, and temperatures in the 70s. So Thursday, circle your calendar. That's what we're aiming for. That's where we're driving toward. That's the destination. Thursday, make plans. 9 o'clock right now. WVLY Moundsville. From ABC 